0: If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll carry on where we've been and uh, kind of finish up uh, the armor of God this morning. And um, so if you have with me, uh, we may go into overdrive this morning to make it through the armor of God, but we're going to make it. And so y'all stay with me and uh, we're going to be all right. Okay. So Ephesians chapter 6, we'll start around verse 14 and remind us of what we talked about last week. Stand therefore. Ephesians chapter 6, starting verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for with which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may boldly declare it as I ought to speak. Let me pray over our word this morning. The Lord, help us. We come to your word asking that your guidance would direct us and lead us in every step of this word. Or that we would not leave this parking lot the same way that we came into it. That we would be more prepared, more ready. So that when we get into our cars, when we go back to our jobs and homes and families, or we are ready, standing upon your word and your righteousness and your goodness and your faithfulness. But right now, let us Gird our loins in the truth. So help us. We, we ask for your leadership right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I pray that as you have gone through this week, that you have uh, girded your loins in the belt of truth, right? That you've not tripped and fallen all over your distractions, that you've, you've won through that process, that you put on the breastplate of righteousness and integrity and guarding your heart. So let's see there where we would go and to continue on this process of putting on the full armor of God. You would see in verse 15, after you've put on the belt, after you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you go to verse 15, and the shoes for your feet. As shoes, what would you wear on your feet? But the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Right Now this word readiness is gonna be a continual theme that we've seen throughout the armor of God that we've gotta be ready. Right, We've gotta be prepared. We've talked about standing firm, being ready, being prepared, and here we see again, putting on your shoes, shod in the gospel of peace, being ready, We'll see this multiple times more as we continue on, but we've got to be ready, right? If I could get anything out of the armor of God that we were talking about week after week, it's that we've got to be ready, right? As we go into the battle, when we're ready to take that battle, that's not the time to say, hold on just a second. I need you to wait right there. I'm going to need to take some time and put on my armor, right? I know you're ready to fight, but hold on, okay? I've got some armor to put on. No, right, we are prepared and we're ready. We get ourselves ready for actions, ready to go. In the morning, we are guarding our hearts, we're guarding our minds, getting prepared to go. So you're gonna see this being a continual theme even in the past and even going forward that we've got to be prepared for this battle. So you see in this preparation, the shoes shod, the readiness by the gospel of peace. You see, Paul would often go back to the armor that he's going to see him being in prison several times. He's going to see the armor that the Romans would wear uh, as wartime would come, as they're going out. And one of those is the, the shoes, the boots that they would wear. These shoes, would, these boots would have uh, spikes coming out the bottom. They'd have nails attached to the bottom so that they could cross terrain quickly or so that they could dig in and be prepared for a fight. So that's what the Romans' boots would look like. Their warriors, their boots would be nails in them, ready to go, ready to dig into battle. Or if they had to cross long terrain, that they would be ready to go, there wouldn't be anything that would cause them to slip and stumble. In the same way that a football player wears a specific type of cleat to dig into the grass and be ready, a different cleat than a baseball player would wear to dig into that dirt and that mud to be ready to run the bases or hit a home run or run and catch a fly ball. They would shod their shoes in different sorts of cleat material, right? The Romans there, the warriors, they would wear these boots with nails in the bottom, ready to go, ready to get their feet planted, but also ready to go. You see the shoes shod in the gospel of peace. Now, that's an interesting statement because we're recognizing where we are, right? We're in the midst of a battle, We're putting on the armor of God to prepare ourselves for a spiritual war that is coming. And in the midst of a spiritual war, how odd would it be that we would shod our shoes in the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace, that in the midst of that warfare, you're shodding your shoes to stay planted in the gospel of peace. And I think we see that and recognize that as believers, as we walk through difficulties, as we walk the terrain of life, we are shodding our shoes in that basic thing that keeps us grounded, which is the gospel of peace, that we can walk through the difficulties, that we can walk through the storms and the struggles and the pain and the sorrows with our shoes shod in the gospel of peace that the enemy would come to knock us down. And we'd say, "Uh uh-uh, I have the peace that surpasses all understanding. My shoes are shod in that gospel of peace. I've got it ready to go and take it with me to others, but I've also got it that's grounding me deeply and preparing for these difficulties that would come. My feet are not just tossed to and fro. I've got the gospel of peace shod to my shoes that's keeping me grounded. We know so often when the enemy would come to seek to steal, kill, and destroy, when the waves of life would come like a tidal wave to knock us down, how good is it to have our shoes shod In the gospel of peace. Reminded back in Philippians chapter 4 when Paul is presenting us our scripture memory for the month of some other month, I can't remember when. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God in the peace of God that surpasses all circumstances, that surpasses all understanding, that peace that surpasses the wildest of circumstances, would guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so you see in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a struggle, in the midst of spiritual warfare, friends, are you shodding your feet? Are you shodding your shoes? Are you having your gospel shoes prepared to say, I am ready to go. And in the midst of these hardships, in the midst of what I'm facing, in the midst of this war that seems to be raging all around me, I can have peace peace. Not in my circumstance, but in the goodness of our gospel that is good news. That gospel truth that God does not leave nor forsake. That gospel truth that he has saved us from the pit of hell. That gospel truth that he goes with us and we have a savior that sustains us through them. This gospel is good news. And so in the morning as you're putting on your armor, as you're putting on that belt of truth to not be distracted and being cut down, you're taking your shoes and you're saying that gospel of peace. I that peace that surpasses. I am shodding my shoes. And enemy, if you come at me, I got my feet and I am planted. Friends, you need to see it. I'm taking that gospel of peace with me. I'm going. I'm taking it with me to other people to see the peace that surpasses all understanding goes before. And so you shod your shoes in that readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And then you see the next thing is the shield of faith, shield of faith that extinguishes the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, again, I want to go back because I just want to make sure this is razor clear, right? The whole reason that we are putting on the armor of God is the awareness that we have an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, an awareness that there is an enemy that is out there shooting flaming darts at you, that there is a daily grind, a daily spiritual warfare happening when the enemy is out there shooting darts. We would have no reason to pick up a shield if there was nothing coming at us, Right? The reason we pick up the shield of faith, the reason that we put on the shoes and the the belt and the breastplate of righteousness is because we are in a spiritual war. And so we pick up the shield of faith that would have been almost equivalent of a wooden door. I mean, this big old shield that we would carry and fending off all the darts that are coming our way. And can I tell you, there's some nights that before you get into your bed, and you lay down that shield of faith that that shield has arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow. You feel that? Have you had those days, those weeks and the months that when you lay down your shield at the end of a difficult day, it is just, there are arrows all up in that thing, right? You feel like you've just been attacked and hurt. And feel like the enemy is just pointing those darts and shooting at you. Shooting at your family all over the place. And you're just weary from holding up the shield, I can tell you the goodness of coming together as a church, holding that shield together, holding those darts and defending one another's uh, blind spots and weak spots, holding up that shield for one another. But can I tell you another part of this that is so important. How are, how are the darts described in your Bible? Is there another portion of the darts attached to it? They're flaming, right? So the enemy works in this way that it's not just that the dart is trying to get in and pierce your armor. There's also the reality of how the enemy works that's trying to pierce your armor and then burn it down. And so the Romans, as they would carry these shields, they would carry and they would be covered in flame-resistant material. And so as the enemy would come to seek to find a weak spot to point those darts at you, it was also a secondary manner. That I'm, gonna, I'm gonna point this dart and I'm gonna get you and then I'm gonna burn that shield down. I'm gonna get a, a, a weak spot in the armor and once I get in there, that, that fire is gonna burn it down these Romans would have armor and would have different materials that, that as that arrow would hit the shield, that flame would extinguish. How important it is, not that we just fight off that arrow, but we extinguish that flame. Several years ago, I was sitting in my, uh, sleeping in our house and uh, all of a sudden I saw about two o'clock in the morning fire trucks and ambulances and all sorts of stuff just come come down the street and the sirens are blaring and I go outside to see what's going on and our next door neighbor walks out and he's just like you know a little bit stunned I say man what, what's going on he said well our, our back deck caught on fire last night our, our, our back deck is on fire currently sorry our back deck is currently on fire and the police is back there the fire department's putting it out and well, what happened So we went to bed and we just left the. uh, the, We had a little fire pit. We just left it. We left it going. I mean, it was almost out, but we just figured it was fine. And something happened. A little spark got out, and the whole back deck caught on fire and almost took out the whole house. The importance of not just watching a fire go out, but putting the fire out. This is what the enemy wants to do: is not just pull the dart and get you and hurt you, but he wants to burn the whole place down. Wants to burn your whole house down, wants to burn your whole. I mean, this is who he is: steal, kill, and destroy. It's not just damage and hurt, it is destroy. And so as you have that 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 shield up, you're defending the darks, but you're also extinguishing those flames that would come to burn the whole place down. So, friends, pick up. Pick up the shield of faith. Don't give the enemy a foothold to get in and the snowballing effect of sin in our lives. That the enemy would want to open the door, get in like a bull in a china shop. You never let the bull in, right? Because the damage the bull would do all over the china shop. You don't let the devil in. You don't give a foothold. You don't open the door. You extinguish those flames daily. And you carry on. You see what's next. You take the helmet of salvation. Salvation. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation. i tell you this morning that I would imagine that for many of us, many of the battles that happen on a daily basis happen right here. That the enemy understands the magnitude of doubt, of grief, of anger, of frustration, of planting little whispers of half-truths in our heads. And so we take the helmet of salvation. And I love the words that Paul uses. He says, take the helmet of salvation. Take it and put it on your head, the helmet of salvation, the reminder that God has saved you, the good news, gospel news, that he has saved you and redeemed you and you are his. And so you take every thought captive. You put that filter over your head and say, no thoughts are getting into my head that don't need to be there. Nothing is coming in. So I'm putting on that helmet of salvation, that reminder that God has saved me. I'm putting it on. An enemy, you can come after my head. You can come after it with doubts, with half-truths. You can come after it, but it's not getting in. Not just through my thick skull, but you're not getting it through this helmet of salvation. And I fully recognize that many in this room, or many in this, it's not a room, in this parking lot, many of you in this parking lot, that on a weekly, daily basis, this may be your most difficult battle of listening to the enemy say, God God doesn't love you. God couldn't care for you. God's left you. He's forsaken you. He's gone. Your friends have abandoned you. You're gone. You've sinned too much. You've fallen too short. You're, you're no use for the kingdom any longer. Do you really believe this stuff? Did God really raise Jesus from the dead? So you take that helmet of salvation and you take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Knowing that we have an enemy who would come to seek to steal, kill, and destroy, that since the beginning in the Garden of Eden would come and just whisper to Eve, surely God would. Don't you think, Eve, that if this, and, and on and on. So you take up, you take it, and you put it on, and you wear it confidently, that helmet of salvation. And then the last of the armor of God is the sword of the Spirit. I'm to spend just a moment here because this is critical that we get this. You take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Our offensive weapon and our defensive weapon is the word of God. Jesus in the wilderness, as the enemy comes to tempt Jesus, what does Jesus respond with? The word. Can I tell you, I'm sad to believe that many believers across across believerdom are, are fighting the enemy with a dull sword that they're putting on the armor of God and this most offensive weapon and defensive weapon that they have to fight against the schemes of the evil one, they're fighting with just a rod, a dull sword. Several months ago, Brittany and I have been married 11 years, and um, I don't know why I got this wild hair. I guess I got a targeted ad. I don't know that we needed a knife sharpener. I've never sharpened a knife a day in my life, but I thought, you know what? This looks good. Probably, I don't know. just Let's get one. Because that's what, why not, right? And um, I got this thing out, put it on the table, and began to sharpen all of our knives. I had no idea how dull our knives were until I fought with, or I didn't fight anybody, sorry. Until I cut things with a sharpened knife. And that simple process of just taking it through that little sharpener, both sides, you're sharpening it just a minute or two, and cutting grapes, cutting meat, cutting different things around our kitchen was like, it was like nothing. And, and I'm convinced that so often, us spiritually, we have dull knives and we wonder, why is nothing working? Why can't I, why can't I fight? Why can't I do anything? And we're out there fighting with these dull knives. In these moments when difficulty come our way and we're trying to come up with Scripture and we got nothing. Come up in these moments when the enemy's coming to seek to steal, kill, and destroy and we're coming out saying, i got nothing. And this is why for months we've been laboring over learning scripture together. For years, as we've preached in these pulpits, we're preaching God's word to prepare you and to hide God's word in your heart. And so I see it as you open God's word on a daily basis, what are you doing but taking your sword and just running it through that sharpener? Running it through saying, I'm gonna need this. I'm getting ready. I know difficulty's coming. And so I'm gonna prepare my sword. I'm gonna prepare, I'm gonna be ready. And so daily, as you're opening and cutting open God's word to nourish your soul, you're just preparing your sword saying, I'm ready, enemy. I'm not coming at you with a dull sword. I'm not coming at you with a foam sword that does no good. I'm coming at you with a sharpened sword that is ready to fight off any scheme or any attack that you would come my way with. Friends, as a church, I don't want us to be fighting these battles with dull swords. I want you to stand on the truth of God's word. And be ready for those attacks that would come your way, those spiritual battles that would be raging all around you. And let's tie this together. You come down to verse 18. As you take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, as you take all of these things, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. As Paul closes this section, he's going to say it again keep alert. Be sober-minded, be watchful, be alert, be ready. You have a roaring lion that's prowling around seeking someone to devour, be alert. Again, if you get nothing from the armor of God talk, it's be alert, be ready, be prepared. And do it with perseverance because these days can be long. It's not just win a battle and we're done. These days are long and difficult and this is why. Friends, we come together as a church, so we fight and we labor together. We push each other on to say, keep going, keep fighting, keep pressing in. Making all supplication for the saints and also for me, the words that were given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which he is again an ambassador in chains that I may speak it, declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I don't know that you can necessarily call prayer a part of the armor of God it's not a part of the armor but I believe what Paul would be telling you as you put on every part of that armor you do it through prayer as you put on that belt you're praying Lord I'm putting on this belt would I gird my loins in your truth or as you're putting on that breastplate you're saying Lord I'm putting on I'm guarding my heart Lord I'm putting this on and I need your help as you're putting on that helmet of salvation, you're saying, Lord, thank you for this helmet that guards my heart and my head against the attacks of the evil one. Lord, I'm taking up this shield. Would you help me? And so every part is bowed together with the prayerfulness of his people. So yeah, a prayer may not be part of the armor of God, but you better believe it binds all of it together. We're praying at all times. And so as you put on the armor of God, when you conclude that final thing, as you take up that sword, as you're praying on that sword, it doesn't say, all right, you're done. You're done praying now. You can stop praying at all times with perseverance to carry on, to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Friends, as we have concluded our time in the armor of God, the question is, have you not heard it? Have you not listened to it? But are you living it? As you walk through your days, as we walk through the reality of difficulty and uncertainty, as we walk through the reality, there's an enemy who is out to steal, kill, and destroy that is blinding the, the uh, hearts of unbelievers. Will you take and put on the full armor of God? Friends, you can't fight this battle on your own. You stand in the strength of his might. You put on his armor. And then you go. Friends, we can't stay in this parking lot forever. We got to go at some point. We can't stay in the confines of the church forever. We've got to go out into a lost world at some point. And so when we do, we are prepared with everything that we've got spiritually to pray, Lord, open hearts. Lord, open a door for the ministry of the gospel to go out. Lord, would you give me a boldness to speak as I ought to, as Paul says. So you've heard this good news. You've heard these practical realities of putting on the armor of God and So now it's our opportunity to go and live it out. Let me pray for us your Lord help us Or to put on the belt of truth To put on the breastplate of righteousness That would put on daily the shoes that are shod in gospel peace readiness that we would pick up the shield of faith ready to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. That we would put on the helmet of salvation and take up not a dull sword, but a sharp sword of the Spirit. And that we would do all of this in light of prayerfulness, praying at all times in the Spirit, that we would be lock and step with your Spirit praying over these things in our hearts. We don't want to be weak and defenseless believers. But we understand, Lord, that there's an enemy. Prince of this world, Lord, wants nothing more than to destroy, divide, damage, hurt, hide. Lord, would, would we awake to the reality? And Lord, would we go with a gospel readiness to protect, to strengthen, to overcome, to be victorious in the strength of your might. Where my knees are too feeble, my fear would abound. So would your word Would your truth, would your armor strengthen our knees, strengthen our resolve and give us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We stand with outstretched arms. Lord, you do a work. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.